What's up guys, this is Jason Tulio and Steve Ventu and welcome to the T2 Fight Project where we talk about all things martial culture and combat sports. So joining us for this episode of the T2 Fight Project, we have with us once again uh, UFC fighter, uh, Filipina Sambo national team member, SEA Game Games gold medalist, Mr. Mark Mugenstriegel. Mark, thank you again for joining us. What's up guys, thanks for having me. All right. So last time we spoke was right before your UFC debut against uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Now, obviously, the fight didn't go your way. Can you talk us through uh, what went wrong in the octagon? Um, well, I mean, I think it's one of those things. I remember I read a quote. I forget who said it, but it kind of, uh, it kind of um, you know, sat well with me. And the quote was, if you fight long enough, shit happens. And um, yeah. I kind of feel that that's what happened, you know. Um, I came in with uh, with the two to the body, and I was going to come up with a hook to the head at the same time. And while I was coming in, he hit me with a check hook, a lead uh, left check hook, which hit me kind of near my temple, ear area. And after that, I just blacked out. I don't remember anything after that. And then I came to after the fight. So it was a good shot, you know. Um, hats off to him and. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, I got caught and uh, it is what it is. You just, you know, got to move forward. Um, there's something that people always say, and I think DC mentioned it in yesterday's or the event two days ago, that there's always UFC jitters. UFC jitters is real. Did you feel UFC jitters? No, to be honest, I didn't feel different than what I normally fight. Uh, no, what I normally feel when I fight and compete, you know, um, you know, it was more like, wow, like, okay, I'm here. But at the same, like, I'm here in the UFC. This is pretty cool. Abu Dhabi, this this, uh, this arena that they made just for the fights. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really feel any different, to be honest. Hmm. Okay. Uh, after the fight, you posted a pretty graphic um, image of, oh, your, right. of your eye. Here. <laughs> 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 I regret looking at it. You know, yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how long was the recovery process and how long did it take you to get back to training? Yeah, I, uh, I, um, had an orbital fracture underneath my eyeball. Here's my eyeball. It's like the, 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 the support, the orbital support right underneath it, not on the front, more underneath it. And that caved in. Um, it was actually compromised and damaged from some old fights, actually a fight I had in, uh, in, uh, legend FC in Macau years ago where that area was fractured. Um, so the area was already kind of damaged and probably wear and tear over the years, but yeah, that was the final straw in that fight and it caved in and, um, my blurry after my, my vision after the fight was quite blurry. So, uh, the UFC doctors, they were great. They sent me to a local hospital. It's kind of tricky, you know, it was in the middle of, and they have quarantine procedures. So they sent me to this hospital and it was hard to get, they had, we had to change rooms after that because we left outside of our, our hotel bubble with all the other fighters, you know, me and my corner in the middle of the night after my fight, because we fought at midnight and then, um, you know, but we had to do that because my vision was, was pretty blurry and we had to get it checked. And it's a good thing we did get it checked because um, yeah, we did MRI scans um, in the middle of the night and they said that my, uh, my orbital, my orbital bone was uh, pretty damaged, and that I need uh, surgery. So, um, yeah, the UFC was great. They hooked me up with a doctor uh, here in the Philippines, 
and um, they put in a titanium plate. So I'm cyborg now and um, I have a titanium plate and I get to make noises uh, every time I go through airport security. <laughs> They've only <laughs> made you stronger. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Actually, no, it's, it's, I don't think the airport security thing is true. Um, I already traveled once and it doesn't go off. It's a different kind of metal, so it's fine. But um, yeah, the area is much stronger now. And to answer your question, it took about three, four months uh, to recover. Okay. So um, that's quite a lengthy recovery time. What did you get up to uh, during that downtime? I think I saw you um, went to driving school during that time. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did go to, I mean, I grew up in Tokyo, Japan. So, um, you know, public transportation is king in Tokyo. So I, I never actually uh, drove my whole life. And then I, when I went to college in the States, I lived on campus and I rode a bicycle for my fitness just to get uh, stronger. And um, yeah, all these years, I'd never, I never got a license. So I went to driving school. I got a license. And um, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> I tried to use the time uh, productively, I guess. How did you find learning to drive in the Philippines? Um, intense, intense. Um, my, my wife said that if I can learn to drive in Baguio, I can learn to drive in, you know, anywhere. And there is some truth to that because Baguio, you know, it, it's very windy. The roads are narrow. You know, you have to shift. It's, it's, it's quite tricky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my, it's funny. My first real my first uh, real drive was traveling from by myself was actually after getting my license was traveling from uh, Manila and Baguio. So that was, that was, that was quite a drive. And I did that by myself and that was, uh, that was pretty wild. But I think, I think Manila, I prefer driving in Baguio just because Manila is, it's just stressful to drive, you know, like you have to really, you have to, you know, you have to be aggressive not too aggressive, right? Or you're going to get pushed, uh, bullied around on the road is what I'm saying. You know, everyone's so aggressive and, the, you know, all the lanes are merging and, oh my gosh, Commonwealth and whatnot. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely intense. I prefer Baguio driving. Actually, one thing I found when I drove in Baguio, um, there are no street signs, but everyone just kind of knows where to go. So there'd be mm. times like along Session Road where it's suddenly one way or everyone just merges in one lane, but there's no, there are no signs telling you to do that. But everyone just knows, and then everyone hungs at the stupid tourist who doesn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you have to kind of know where you're going. And uh, I use I use Waze a lot, probably more than I should. So I need to start uh, figuring out how to get the places without, uh, you know, staring at my phone. All right. So after your recovery from your eye injury, you're actually scheduled to fight Johnny Munoz in April, but that mm -hmm. fight fell through. Uh, what happened there? Yeah, I, I had a training uh, accident, uh, injury, and um, it was serious enough that I, you know, I tried to train on it for about two weeks after we tried to push through, but it was uh, messing up my movement and I, it was too hard to train on. So um, unfortunately, we had to cancel, we had to pull out of that fight. Um, UFC was cool um, and they just gave me more time to recover and heal. And uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. yeah. And your next fight is going to be in February against Chas Skelly, uh, who's yes. a collegiate wrestler and actually a UFC veteran. Uh, how mm -hmm. do you see his style matching up against yours? Yeah, I think I, think I match up very well. Um, I think 
I think he's a scrappy fighter, just like just like his name entails. I think his name is uh, his nickname is the Scrapper. So I think that's uh, that's accurate. I think he's a scrappy, gritty, veteran kind of guy. But I think I match up uh, very well. Okay, he has a lot of wins uh, on his record. Um, over half of his wins are by submission. How do you plan to mm-hmm. interact his grappling game? No, I think my I think my grappling is as as strong or as uh, as effective it'll be uh you know filipino japanese wrestling against uh, his uh, american collegiate wrestling so we'll uh, we'll see on fight night uh, which one is more effective mm-hmm. okay actually uh, uh, oh god uh on a, you mentioned there about the different styles of wrestling on a technical level do you feel that there is a big difference between the wrestling that you grew up with in japan and the american mm-hmm. style that a lot of fighters in the ufc utilize um I mean, MMA wrestling, I mean, there, there are different styles of wrestling, right? There's folk style wrestling, there's collegiate wrestling, there's freestyle wrestling, which is what I, I did in Japan. And then, um, and then you have MMA wrestling, which is different, right? Because you're standing upright, throwing strikes, and you're changing levels into takedowns. So um, it's, it's really who can, adapt, who can adapt best to MMA style wrestling. Uh, actually, what we noticed was this fight is taking place in featherweight, um, mm. whereas your last uh, your last fight was in bantamweight. Do you feel that fighting at one forty five works in your favor? Yeah, I think I've just gotten bigger over over the years because I've just grown. You know, um, not in my early twenties anymore, or I can just uh, you know cut so much weight, and I've also put on muscle mass over the years, just growing. Um, so. I think I think featherweight is my more uh, natural weight and my healthy weights where I'm not so depleted in training and uh, depleted uh, come fight night. So, um, yeah, I think this is the right decision. So in the past, um, especially throughout your um, URCC run, you trained with different coaches and teams. You trained with Coach George Castro on the Reliance, uh, Jerry Legaspi and the Fabricio and couple of other names in the local MMA scene with coach Castro now based in the U S what's your training camp going to look like for this fight? Uh, coach, coach Castro is, uh, he's my, he's my head coach and, uh, I'll be, um, I, I train a lot with the uh, Jerry and Manila coach Jerry, but, uh, coach Castro, uh, coach Castro is my uh, head coach and, uh, I'll be traveling. I'll be training with Jerry, uh, coach Jerry here in Manila. And then I'll be flying over to Arizona to join uh, coach Castro um, after the holidays, so I'll spend holidays with the family and then I'll go over to uh, Arizona and, uh, and, uh, train over there. So, um, aside from Coach Jerry, are there any other local names you want to bring in for sparring or as training partners within, um, while you're in Manila? Um, we have a solid group of guys with, uh, with Jerry, Neil, a few others. So we're pretty, we're pretty set here. Okay, so your next training camp is going to be in Arizona. Uh, do you plan on going back to Syndicate or will it be uh, 100% no, I'll be my, Arizona? I'll be, doing my camp in, uh, I'll be doing my camp in Arizona. So Syndicate's in uh, Vegas, yep. um, but I'll be doing my camp in uh, Arizona for this fight. Okay. Yeah. Um, just, out, just out of curiosity, actually, um, I've only seen Coach Castro's IG stories where he's training mostly clients for fitness. Has he, um, does he have an MMA team set up there? Yeah, he has an MMA team set up. And okay. um, yeah, I'll be joining them once I go over. So all good. 
Okay. Great. All right. So um, any final words for um, the Filipino fight fans who are looking forward to seeing you fight in February? Um, yeah. Thank you for supporting me, guys. Um, you know, uh, the show goes on. Here we go. Time to get my first uh, UFCW. I'm, uh, I'm training super hard. I'm excited for this fight. Um, body's healed, recovered, and uh, ready to get this W. So uh, thank you, guys. Uh, just follow me on social media. And uh, you can uh, watch my fight camp journey. Okay. All right, Mark, thank you again for joining us. Cool, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you.